You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I hope you all are having a fabulous Wednesday. It is officially the start of the NHL season, and I'm recording this part at least right now during the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and Philadelphia Flyers season opener, which has been a pretty fun game. It's uh, intermission right now, so obviously taken a wee bit of a break in between to discuss some NHL Jets stuff because of course Winnipeg is obviously the focus of this podcast but on tonight's episode we're going to be covering just a little bit of Jets updates before kind of recapping some of tonight's games and giving you some early insights into what some of these teams might be looking like as we head out throughout the rest of the season. Maybe they put on a good show tonight, maybe they all look like they've taken, you know, the better part of four or five months off like the rest of us, and are looking a little bit sloppy. So, let's start off with the Winnipeg updates. We do have some interesting news coming out of the Jets uh, lineup, which was just announced earlier today, and it sounds like Nikolai Ehlers is actually potentially out for tomorrow's game, because he did have some kind of, like, sickness that he was dealing with, and, you know, per protocol, what they do is, if you have, like, sniffling, or if you're feeling unfit or unwell in any sort of way... They send you all for COVID testing, and they're sort of awaiting results to see if, in fact, he does need to be quarantined and kept away from the team. This is obviously really sucky news heading into tomorrow because uh, Ehlers is one of the most important skaters for this team, and there aren't many players on the Jets roster who continually drive play, can create transition opportunities, and hit teams on the counter quite as well as Ehlers does. He's also really good at space creation inside the offensive zone, so yeah, I don't really know what a long-term plan, if he does actually test positive, would be, because obviously you worry about reduced uh, physical capacity, you worry about his long-term health, who knows you know, how COVID would impact the system, but that's if he actually has an infection. Hopefully it's just like a brief little thing that's not COVID-related at all so that he gets healthy again and, of course, can eventually come back to the Jets. I think the you know first and foremost most important thing is that he just stays healthy, period. You know, we want the best for these young guys, and obviously getting sick with something like COVID is just a horrific experience, and we don't want anyone to have to go through that. In the meantime, of course, it is going to be next man-up mentality, which is, you know, kind of scary in a lot of ways when it comes to the NHL because they're not even using a bubble system, but, you know, that's a subject for another time. Uh, in the meantime, it does look like Christian Vesselin is going to be joining the Jets big club for at least a game if Ehlers is going to be sidelined for any length of time. You know, he looks like he's going to be on that third line spot. Andrew Kopp was practicing along Shifley and Wheeler this morning, which, you know, actually makes a degree of sense. I think you want to avoid putting uh, Kyle Connor up there just because Connor is not really good at defensive transition stuff. He doesn't really have a whole lot of, I would say, like even strength impact outside of scoring goals, which, again, very good attribute to have. It's just with Shifley and Wheeler both either slowing down or Shifley not really working with defensive back checking and having mostly offensive tendencies, I think you need somebody who's able to, you know, transition that play up and down the ice, be a safety valve if you start to see a counter forming and create a really, you know, physical offensive forecheck inside the zone. So I think that Cop does a lot of these things very well. He's definitely somebody who's like a puck hound, especially when he's chasing down somebody who's on the puck and, and trying to win it in the corner. 
and he and Shifley have played together before, so it's a fairly sensible promotion. Veselainen on the third line would be pretty decent, I would imagine. Veselainen is somebody that I haven't really thought about as being a long-term member of the Jets just yet, because I think in a lot of ways, he's still figuring out how to apply himself and be a really dominant force at even strength. We know that he can be very good at scoring goals. He's done it plenty of times with the Moose, especially on the power play, but... At even strength, I think a lot of people are expecting more from him. And that's a side of his game that apparently, you know, I've, I don't watch him with the moose all the time, but from what I've heard, is something that he's still kind of working on. He's not able to assert himself quite as well yet, and I think that that would probably reflect in his NHL performance as well. When he was here, uh, what was it, last season or so, he spent a couple of games, and I feel like most people were like, eh, he doesn't really look ready yet. This is potentially a decent-sized opportunity for him to get a longer look at the NHL level. I don't think that uh, Ehlers is going to be sidelined for too long. You know, it is kind of an unknown situation. So um, for now, Veselainen will continue, I guess, practicing with the team or whatever. If Ehlers is good to go, it wouldn't shock me if Veselainen is pulled out. It does seem like Nate Thompson is going to be the guy that they keep long-term, which, you know, whatever. I think it's one of the situations where, for me, it's not really ideal, but I know NHL teams have this love of, like, gritty veteran types who play, uh, I guess, lots of penalty-killing minutes and that sort of stuff. I think Thompson on the PK is probably, for me at least, kind of like a worst-case scenario. You know, he has a lot of defensive liabilities, and... Putting him in a really high leverage situation is going to be something of a risk for me. Just personally, I'm not a fan, but I get it. It is what it is. And I think when it comes to guys like Paul Maurice, we just sort of have to accept that that is a reality with this team. Doesn't mean I'm not going to complain about it, though, because it is still a little bit frustrating. Veselainen, though, I do think has a chance to, if he does play, showcase off some of that great scoring skill, prove that he deserves a longer look, and if he can actually assert himself at like 5v5 and show that he can be a really important part of something like even strength build-up play, maybe a guy that you turn to on the power play for, I believe, another right-handed shot. I mean, th these are all attributes that the Jets don't really have enough of because they do have plenty of goal-scoring wings, but they don't have players with a lot of versatility and players who are really good at transitioning up and down the ice. I think it would be nice if Veselainen could do this a little bit more consistently and actually, you know, be somebody who helps his linemates to create, but I don't know that that's going to be the kind of role that he plays. I see him as like a 20 to 30 goal scorer type more than he is somebody who's going to be a really effective two-way player, and that's fine. That's totally cool. There's a lot of value in that. It just means it might not be time for Winnipeg to bring him up quite yet because I think, you know, the Jets are going to expect him to be a little bit more defensively responsible and somebody who can kind of also create offensive opportunities at even strength. You want guys who are really good at helping out their linemates, especially in transition. Winnipeg doesn't have many guys who can do that right now, so anyone who can would be an asset. I personally would like to see him on a line with, like, Cop and somebody else, maybe like an Appleton or something, but I don't think that the Jets are really too keen on that, so I get why they're gonna, you know, for now, keep him on either the taxi squad or with the Moose. Speaking of the Manitoba Moose, there are a few other roster updates that I'll get to in just a little bit. But before then, I wanted to tell you about the fabulous folks at rockauto.com. When it comes to vehicle maintenance during quarantine, finding the right online shop or even a brick-and-mortar retail store can be a really difficult task, and let's face it, a lot of us aren't auto repair experts. Half the time, we don't even know what parts we're looking for. If you're trying to hunt down a safe, reliable, one-stop shop for all your auto part needs, look no further than rockauto.com. Whether you need a new engine control module, a new floor mat after you dropped a greasy taco on that last floor mat, 
or anything in between, rockauto.com's intuitive website allows you to search by make, year, and model for any part you're looking for, as well as set the price range so you get exactly the parts you're looking for at the price you want. You could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. When you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. You'll never need another auto parts store ever again. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com today and let them know we sent you. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We're going to cover some of the Winnipeg Jets updates, including some contract stuff and some roster moves in just a moment. But before then, I wanted to tell you why you should be listening to Locked on Bets. We somehow made it through 2020, it's over, and now it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want even more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now it's time for your daily Winnipeg Jets update on top of the Ailers news and some of the other stuff. The Jets have inked Trevor Lewis to a one-year deal for around, I think, $770,000, which I think, you know... For a guy who's probably towards the end of his career, but still a fairly productive fourth liner, especially in like defensive responsibilities, and just being an, a well-rounded all-around fourth line wing, I actually like this deal a lot. Lewis, in my opinion, has better on-ice impacts than Thompson. He's been a pretty serviceable bottom six player throughout the uh, past couple of seasons, whether it's LA or I think most recently with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think Lewis has something in the tank. You know, he is like 33 or 34, so I'm not expecting much from him. But like recently, the Jets signings, a little bit of a mixed bag. But like guys like Nick Shore and Trevor Lewis, for me at least, are pretty okay pros. Per Ken Weeb of Sportsnet, that fourth line is currently looking like Matthew Perot, Nate Thompson, and Trevor Lewis, with Janssen Harkins being the extra forward, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the third line is Christian Veselainen with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton, which, again, not super shocking because um, Cop's been promoted to the top line, and Kyle Connor's going to be playing with Stastny and Line. If that is indeed the opening lineup for tomorrow night, it's a pretty okay forward unit. I wouldn't say it's fantastic, but against, you know, the, the Calgary Flames, I don't really expect too many issues. There were some other interesting roster updates, though. Dominic Tuninato, who I continually forget is actually signed to a, Jet, a Jets deal, has been moved to the LTIR. So that's kind of weird. Um, I don't really know anything about Tuninato other than at some point he was a serviceable NHLer. He hasn't really featured for the Jets at all, so I don't know what exactly his status is and whether or not he's injured or something else is going on. Assigned to the Moose, though, are Vili Heinola, Nelson Nogier, Cole Perfetti, and CJ Cease, which means the taxi squad is David Gustafson. Dylan Sandberg, Mikhail Berdine, Logan Stanley, and currently Matthew Perot, even though Perot is actually in, uh, it looks like the lineup for tomorrow night. I can't say that I'm like super high on the thought of Heinola and Gustafson not really playing NHL minutes. I think Gustafson is one of those players who did need to have something of a mature ring level at the North American pro level just because he was used to playing in Swedish ice. It may have been a bit of an adjustment. And of course, there's a cultural difference coming over here. So he probably did have a little bit of a growing pain. But last year when he was playing with a moose, he really started to put um, some really good scoring drives in. He was helping to control on ice, you know, uh, results for the moose. And so it seemed like he was starting to get used to at least the AHL game, which hopefully means that his NHL stint the next time is going to be a lot better. His first NHL stint wasn't fantastic, which, again, not super shocking. He's a young rookie. He's getting used to the pro level at a, a much higher level than he's used to. So it would be expected that there are growing pains for a guy who could potentially become Winnipeg's long-term second-line center solution. 
I kind of think Winnipeg envisions him as more of like the third line center behind Shifley and Cole Perfetti, but you know, I do think Gustafson still has that upside. It does seem like they're trying to make him more of like a defensive two-way center though, which again, not too bad. I still wouldn't mind seeing his offensive potential though, because I do think it is to a point untapped. Heinola is a much more frustrating proposition. I know that Vili is somebody who's in many ways considered a rookie, but I feel like he plays like a guy who's essentially like a league veteran. You know, we saw him in his first eight or so games, and he was fantastic, man. Like, there were a couple of games, sure, where he got a little bit overwhelmed. But there were also sequences where he didn't really have any problems marking Connor McDavid. And of course, McDavid's like one of the most elusive forwards in the world. And yet, Heinola just didn't really seem to be that bothered by it. Sure, McDavid did scorch him later because that's what McDavid does, but even in many other one-on-one situations or, or in situations where McDavid was playing with somebody like Dreisaitl or another really talented forward, Heinola just didn't really seem to crack under pressure. You know, most defenders kind of crap their pants when they see McDavid and his wingers coming down, you know, one of those flanks and really bombing forward and cutting on the outside to the inside. Heinola, though, kind of plays like a 30-year-old veteran, and he just doesn't really seem to crack under pressure. He's a kid with really great instincts. He's very good at cutting off danger when he senses it's coming in his direction. He anticipates play really well, and he's able to get the puck out of his own end, set up counters and breakouts, and just be a really good space creator. So... For me, playing with the Moose is not particularly helpful for Vili. I think he needs to be getting NHL reps and playing at this level a lot more frequently. You know, the AHL is very loose, very scrambly, and honestly, I think Heinel is just too good for it. I think if he's actually going to acclimate to the NHL, he needs to be playing top-level minutes, not playing with the Moose. I get why they wouldn't want him to quite yet, and if any injuries start popping up, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, like, an early call-up, but... I think he has an argument to be making this opening lineup as soon as tomorrow. So I don't really know why he's not really being penciled in quite yet. Maybe it's just because he's also been, you know, overseas for a bit. And he hasn't been playing North American pro hockey too recently. His most recent North American experience is, of course, the World Juniors, but that's not really pro hockey in North America. So maybe the plan is to get him up to speed in the Manitoba Moose and kind of see where he goes from there. It does make Sandberg's presence on the taxi squad all the more interesting. I do think Sandberg is somebody who I I actually would expect to need AHL time. If I were to reverse the two, I would think that Heinola probably would be somebody I think is probably closer to getting off that taxi squad and into a starting lineup more than Sandberg is. But it does sound like Sandberg was, you know, somebody who made an impression on the training camp staff. So maybe that's why he's getting the nod here. I feel like he does need to actually have reps, though. He can't be just sitting there on the bench the whole time. Like Heinola, he needs to be getting pro experience, and sitting on the taxi squad's probably not the way to do it. But if they rotate the lineup a bit, or, you know, an injury pops up and he starts to make the team, perhaps that's the way he gets in. I just feel like having some of these top prospects sitting on the bench, not really what I want to be seeing. I'd, of course, love to know your thoughts on the uh, some of the omissions and roster moves, though. So if you have any thoughts, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and maybe I'll address them on the next podcast. For now, though, I'm going to save my Winnipeg ranting for another episode. I'm sure the Jets will make me feel some kind of way tomorrow night. Speaking of ongoing NHL action, in just a moment, we're going to take a look at some of the games from tonight's action, including the Philadelphia Flyers versus Pittsburgh Penguins, and maybe a few check-ins on some other games. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you about the great folks at BetOnline.ag. If you're an avid NFL fan, the last few weeks of football have probably been incredibly cathartic, exciting, maybe even a little bit heartbreaking. Maybe your favorite team didn't quite survive wildcard weekend, but look, there's always a silver lining. And if you want a second chance at redemption at betting online, there's only one safe, reliable, and easy place to do it. BetOnline.ag has all of your favorite sports, including college football, NFL games of the week, and all the NHL action you can handle. 
Whether you think you know who's going to emerge victorious out of the Super Bowl contention race, or you have a hunch you want to follow on who the next Stanley Cup champ might be, BetOnline has all the odds and lines you could possibly want. Stop sitting along the sidelines and get in on the action today. Head on over to BetOnline.ag, and when you create a free account, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, when you're creating a free account at BetOnline.ag, don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON for the 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a live look at some of the NHL action around the league. It is the very first night of the NHL's return, and of course, lots of hockey fans are very excited. Some of us are probably a little bit nervous. I am too, uh, for a variety of reasons, of course, but we'll stay focused on the NHL action first and foremost. Um, Currently, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers are in a really heated struggle. It's been a very interesting game. Uh, Philadelphia is leading right now, but I would argue that Pittsburgh has been one of the stronger sides. The action is definitely a little bit fast and loose and sloppy just because these guys haven't been playing on NHL ice for months now, and it's going to be a bit of a weird season, especially with a lot of the roster moves and all that fun stuff. Overall, though, this first game has been pretty exciting. Philadelphia has been a little bit more opportunistic, I would say. I think a lot of the defensive lapses that the Penguins' backline has kind of created have given the Flyers more openings than maybe they 100% deserve. I mean, they've been okay, right? Like, the Flyers are a good team, but definitely when it comes to offensive chance creation, Pittsburgh is leading the way, and it's not really really an argument or a debate. Whether you're looking at expected goals or just watching the game, I think you can tell that Pittsburgh looks a little bit faster, is able to get into those greasier areas, and has been very good at creating lots of cross-seam movement. The issue, though, is that Mike Matheson and Cody Ceci haven't really been quite at the races this evening. They've had some really big struggles, and Matheson in particular has gotten roasted on quite a few chances, so not a great opening debut. Of course, Pittsburgh and and Philadelphia aren't the only teams back in action. We have Toronto and Montreal right now, which is setting up to be a fairly interesting game. I'm recording this next part after uh, both the Flyers and Penguins and the uh, Montreal and Toronto games have concluded, and there were actually quite a few interesting takeaways. Montreal was extremely fast, even from the start of the game when... uh, I was initially recording this. They play with a lot of speed and skill, and it ended up getting them an early lead against uh, the Maple Leafs 3-1. to one. And of course, I-, I think the thing with Montreal is that if they start taking penalties and getting a bit undisciplined, it's going to hurt them. And ultimately, Toronto was able to claw back and then take it 4-4 into overtime before winning. The Leafs, for their part, definitely looked a lot slower than I was expecting. I think that this is a team that got considerably older, and there are a lot of players that I actually forgot they picked up. I forgot about Joe Thornton. Uh, they've brought a couple of other guys in that I don't really recall. Zach Bogosian is there, and of course, he's not particularly great at this stage of his career. Montreal, on the other hand, I, I think that there's something pretty decent there. They've got a lot of speed, they've got a lot of skill, and they also have strength. They brought in Josh Anderson, who had two goals tonight. Very good performance. He found himself in the very soft coverages and took apart pretty much any shooting scene that he found. Kotkaniemi looked good. Um, There were a couple of other really good lines. I think their biggest vulnerability is probably their defense. I think Carey Price will be okay for the most part, but if that back line can't protect him a bit more, it's going to be a rough season. The Flyers-Penguins game was interesting, and then Philadelphia just seemingly started to run away with it just because I think the Penguins' defense made a lot of really stupid mistakes, and the, the, the Flyers were actually pretty good at capitalizing on a lot of those errors and really putting a hurting on them really quickly, and then towards the end of the game it just seemed like the Penguins ran out of ideas. 
Jari had a couple of incidents that he probably wants back, but I really can't blame him 100%. I just feel like, you know, in a lot of ways he was screened on some shots that he needed to have a little bit more help on, and the rest of the Penguins' defense was occasionally absentee on some really good Flyers looks. The Penguins ended up losing 3-6, to six, and uh, the Habs ended up losing 4-5. to five. So, interesting high-scoring games. I think there's going to be a lot of sloppiness early in this season, and I expect Winnipeg is going to have a really fun time tomorrow against a very cagey Flames team. Tell you one thing, if you thought the Habs were going to be one of the easier teams in the North, they might actually be the hardest, especially for Winnipeg. But we kind of expected that because Montreal has given the Jets fits before. You know, back when the uh, Habs really couldn't score too many goals, it was less of an issue. Now that they have more upfront goal-scoring ability, it's going to be a real test. But for now, that will do it for our game recap coverage. I'll have some more thoughts tomorrow once we see what exactly finishes off between Chicago and Tampa Bay, which right now Chicago is getting, it's actually getting its teeth kicked in, but uh, that one's not that surprising. More curious about what happens between Vancouver and Edmonton, but that's a much later start. So stay tuned throughout the rest of the week and the weekend for some more NHL action coverage, including some Jets recap stuff. Before you log off, be sure to listen to Locked On NHL. It's not too late to listen to the Locked On NHL season preview series on the Locked On NHL podcast. Get the latest deets on all 31 NHL teams and fantasy waiver wire ads from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Subscribe to Locked On NHL on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.